Welcome to Living Intentionally with Elizabeth. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I'm inviting you to join me on a journey to find total wellness in mind, body, and spirit, as well as unbecoming anything that we're not in order to embody who we truly are. Each episode focuses on one specific area, and the goal is to provide thought-provoking ideas as well as easy-to-implement practices that you can start today. This is a place for compassionate self-development, and I am so happy to have you here with me. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to have you here listening again today. Um, I have a pretty sweet conversation for you to hear today. Uh, My guest is Jared Maynard of Unbreakable Strength. He is a lot of things. He is a physical therapist. He's a competitive power lifter. He's also a powerlifting coach uh, with a pretty refreshing mindset uh, that we'll get into, of course. Um, he's Canadian and fun fact, I have actually known Jared for quite some time. We actually went to high school, uh, together. So it was really nice to reconnect, um, and, you know, find that even though we're doing very different things on the surface, um, where we overlap and what we have in common, um, with this, you know, intentional living mindset, growth mindset, Um, And Jared obviously comes at it from a perspective of um, where physical strength and mental strength uh, mesh together, how they work together um, and, you know, how he has become, you know, the strongest version of version of himself and how he helps others do the same. Um, We talk about it in the podcast, but he is very different than what I thought a powerlifting coach would be. Um, in that, you know, he believes every single person deserves to feel strong. Um, he doesn't care who you are. If you are a man or a woman, um, if you are, you know, a pro or a beginner, he is like this non-judgmental, um, you know, cheerleader isn't the right word, but he will cheer you on, um, no matter who you are, if you want to be strong, he will help you get there, which is really incredible. Um, so we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about, you know, the role that mental health plays in physical health and vice versa. Um, he talks about why his company is called Unbreakable Strength. You will love the answer. Um, we talk about his his clients and some of the amazing wins that they've had uh, under his coaching and a lot more. Um, so I won't talk too much more. I will let you get into the episode. Um, can't wait to hear what you think of it, but without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jared. Hi, Jared. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure, Elizabeth. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really, really stoked. Awesome. Me too. Um, why don't we start it off by um, having you tell the listeners your story? I want them to hear who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So, hi, listeners. My name is Jared, and I really what I do is I help people unlock their strongest selves, really to live a more confident and fulfilled life. And I'm a physical therapist who doesn't practice in a clinic anymore. I'm a competitive powerlifter. I also know all too well how it feels to feel weak and fragile and lost kind of in that process. 
So I started my company, Unbreakable Strength, to change that for as many people as I possibly can. Um, and then I'll get into my story in a second, but equally of importance, I am a three-time girl dad. We started off with twins. They are four and our youngest is two. So that keeps me busy. Big Star Wars geek. Lord of the Rings is like number two on that list. And then my crowning achievement so far is I am, in fact, Elizabeth's high school classmate. So, so there's that. Yes. And um, the fun fact is that you beat me for valedictorian. That's like a big brag. You were valedictorian and like you killed it. But you were salutatorian, if I remember right. Yeah. And like, is that a real thing? Or did it, they just give it to me because they wanted to be nice? <laughs> it's, I mean, it happened. So it's a real thing. And like, it's real to us. <laughs> so if you go to, to watch any like, big performance or concert, things like that. You've got, you've got to have a good opening act. You got to make sure that the crowd is connected and like warmed up. That's not there. Like the headliner, whoever they are, however good they are, it's not going to matter. So like, don't sell yourself short. It was pretty solid. I'm going to choose to believe that. Thank you very much. <laughs> good. Cause I'm rolling with it. That's awesome. <laughs> so tell you a little bit more about my story too. Um, really, you know, for me, I grew up as a pretty chubby kid and, you know, like a lot of us had an experience with some bullying because of that. Wasn't really confident at all. Didn't really fit in, um, the way that I hoped that I would. And then it was finding, uh, finding sport. It really started with martial arts for me. And then it grew into some high school football. And then it was, I kind of stumbled into the weight room as a means to try to be better at football, be ready for the next season. And it was uh, kind of surprising how, as I spent more time in the weight room, developing my, my strength and feeling a little bit more confident in the gym, starting to see how that translated to the rest of my life outside of the gym too. And, you know, through this process, I went to school for kinesiology and then I did my master's in physical therapy and then started working in clinics and through that really saw a gap between um, what, what we learn in PT school as far as like the, the rehab world. And then also what people are exposed to when they're trying to just figure out what they need to do to get over injuries or try to avoid injuries. And they're trying to just be healthy and take care of themselves. There really is a gap um, between, you know, the, sort of traditional rehab world. And what we now understand is kind of better practice to help people feel strong, feel confident and not feel afraid of being hurt or, you know, anything like that. So, uh, that really felt like a calling I was drawn more into it, stayed in the gym through the whole time and, you know, dabbled with bodybuilding for a little while, and then really kind of fell in love with powerlifting. And that's still my main jam, uh, on top of, doing what I do with, with my clients and, and all that. So that's kind of my, my story from a 10,000 foot view. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. I want to dive deeper into all of it, but first I want to talk about unbreakable strength. Um, what made you choose that name? What does that mean to you? Yeah, for me, I mean, I chose that name really because being unbreakable or even that word kind of has different meanings for different people, but it seems like there's a common thread where, uh, life, life tends to hit hard, maybe for different reasons. 
could be a busy season of work or trying to find a new job, or um, could be dealing with some family emergencies, or maybe we're hit with, with the loss of someone close to us. And again, tied back to what I found in the gym. And then what I later found was a through line with a lot of the people that I talk to and the people that I work with. As we, as we feel stronger, as we cultivate that through whatever means, and for a lot of it, it happens to or a lot of us, it happens to be in the gym. We tend to find that we feel more confident. We tend to find that we can endure more. And that translates outside of the gym too. So then those big curveballs, those things that hit hard, we might start to notice that we don't break, but maybe we bend, maybe we feel these things. And that's something that, you know, doesn't really, I don't think anyway, goes away. You know, things still hurt, but rather than breaking, we can endure, we can weather the storm and we feel more empowered to both be here in the present moment, whatever that looks and feels like, and then also have that hope of coming out the other side and having learned and grown and hopefully become even stronger in the process. So that's that's really why I went with the name and uh, why the logo has a, a hammer breaking over somebody's back. Kind of like a very meathead thing, but hopefully that that meaning <laughs> drives it home for more people. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I like that you talked about like bending, but not breaking. I think that, um, I don't know what the saying is and I'm going to mess it up, but it's, it's, you know, about bamboo and it bends and that it's, it's so much stronger than other wood because it can bend so far and, you know, go through anything. And I think that that's a really good metaphor for what we're going to talk about. And it's that kind of balance and connection between physical and mental health, how it's, it's all interconnected. It's all one thing. Um, you kind of touched on that already um, and how, you know, finding strength in the gym helps you with those things outside of the gym and with real life in all different ways. So maybe you can talk a bit more about how you've seen your mental health change or others' mental health changed uh, by working on their physical health and combining those two together? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. And I really love talking about it too. And, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing because they are connected. And as humans, you know, I'm coming at this from my, um, from my perspective in the, the strength and the rehab world. And one some of the old ways of viewing people is kind of like just a collection of machine parts. Like, oh, your shoulder hurts. It's because your back isn't moving right. And it, it kind of feels like you're like you're a mechanic trying to fix a car. And we're, we're not cars. We're not just a collection of bones and muscles and joints. We have those, but we're integrated whole people. So the, the mental, emotional parts, you know, the holistic elements really need to be considered. Otherwise, um, we're, we're kind of missing something. And from both my experience, you know, going through what I've gone through and up till now, and then especially with, um, with people that I've worked with, it's a common theme that as people start to feel like they're, they're taking control of some of the controllables. Like maybe they recognize that, okay, my back's kind of hurting and it, 
it affects me in the gym, but it also affects me at work or I can't get like the sleep that I want. And I don't like that, you know, cause I want to be able to pick up my, my kids or I want to be able to go backpacking through the mountains on the weekends. Cause that's like really meaningful for me. Um, and they, they make the decision that I want to change this to be something that I enjoy or that I'm happy with or happier with once they start, um, on that process, it's, I really come back to ripple effects where it's not like suddenly everything changes overnight and I won't pretend like everybody's journey is super short and all highlight reels with like the Rocky theme song going behind it. Sometimes we luck out and it's that way. Oftentimes there are lots of ups and downs, but as they, as they progress, uh, and especially as they feel supported in that journey and they realize they're actually capable of more than they thought, or they're starting to see, um, you know, their baseline is now that much further from where it used to be. It helps their mental side of things by feeling again, more confident, more empowered, or it feels like they have more in the tank, which maybe they can then put towards other things. They can invest more in their relationships. They can give more at work. They can, or they've seen the progress they've made physically. They've they look better, they feel better, they can do more of the things that they want. You know, maybe it's, maybe they feel like they're finally able to address those other, you know, mental and emotional wounds or things that they've kind of thought about, but didn't feel like they were ready to start to look at or address. And, and maybe they feel like they're there now. And it's a, it's very much a two-way street where the physical side can help the mental side and the mental side can make things a lot easier, feel more fulfilling on the physical front. So again, that's why I really do think that the holistic view of meeting somebody where they're at and really understanding where they want to go is, is important. That was a long answer. No, that was a great answer though. I love that. And it made me think about um, positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on this are. I can guess by how you're speaking about it, but from both a training perspective and like a self-talk perspective, have you had experience like with positive versus negative, what works better, what's more effective? Yeah. Uh, gee, I don't know. I don't know what's tipping you off to maybe how <laughs> I, how I slant. Um, yes, I've had experience with both and it's pretty fascinating to me to, to see and, and interact with people who consciously know they do better, maybe in certain contexts with negative reinforcement. And, you know, I'm trying to think of particular examples of people that I work with who, who prefer that I'm really having a hard time with it. So personally, I, I, consider myself a straight shooter. I really appreciate it when people are just really honest and clear with me too. Um, I'm always a fan though of having of people outside of me being able to uh, shift the perspective because most of the time we can focus in on the things that we don't like, the things that we fell short on that kind of have that more negative connotation. Oh, I messed up. I missed this again. Can't believe I'm here. You know, you know, most of us probably have had that inner dialogue. So being able to have people in my life, both formal coaches, um, which I still have now, and then other people that I trust who can say, yeah, okay, cool. That was the goal. 
didn't meet it, why do you think that was? And like ask the questions to draw the attribution out. To not just leave it at the, oh, I can't believe I didn't do it, but more of a, what can we learn from this and how do we move forward? While also pointing out the, yeah, you may not have hit that one, but remember how this other thing you wanted to do and that was important to you? How'd that turn out? I guess that was pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. I guess I'm not as bad as I thought. <laughs> so um, that's my experience. And I try to bring that to the people that I work with, but also really tailoring it to where they, how they need me to meet them. And that's why, you know, the process that I have for working with people starts off with, you know, pretty in-depth conversation about where they've been, where they're at, where they're trying to go. And I do that for everybody, you know, whether or not I end up working with them or, or not, just to try to build that trust because really relationship matters a lot to me when it comes to working with people. And that gives me a sense of how do they, how do they need me to meet them? What are they, what are they going to respond the best to? And that's an ongoing process. It's not like after that first call, I've got them pegged. That'd be pretty cool though. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, uh, again, that foundation of trust, making, making it known that I wanted to be a two-way street for them to tell me, hey, this is working for me and this isn't. Do you think we can try this, this, and this? Because I always wanted to be that collaborative thing while preserving that honesty of, cool, here's what we want to do. Let's look at these behaviors or these, these actions. Are they serving you? If yes, amazing. If not, how do you think we can change them and have it be that kind of journey together? Mm -hmm. I love that. Cause I think at least for me as a, a person who is not a power lifter, I see your like truly badass videos of you and your clients. There's it's so cool, but I have this like, um, cliche of like, you know, the tough person that will yell at you and say like, you have to do this. Like, hmm. you know, just, you know, really negative and kind of yelling at you. And for me and probably some others like that would terrify me. I would cry immediately if somebody yelled at me. Um, so it seems almost like it's you're taking a different um, approach or is that just me not knowing much about um, powerlifting and, and personal training and physical therapy and all that stuff? No, no, it's, you're exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you, but no, you're, you're exactly right. I do take a different approach because yeah, honestly, I'd probably cry too if somebody was yelling at me like that. Mm -hmm. um, and actually it brings up a great example, a recent example. So one of my clients, she's out in Spain and she, she's worked with two trainers before and they were more of that stoic. I, I mean this in the best way as someone who also calls himself a meathead, very like meatheady, you got to do this. It's like tough and macho and like putting extra pressure on it. Mm -hmm. And that really didn't work for her. She found that like she has you know, a certain amount of anxiety that comes internally. And she really didn't find that that approach supported her. It just added to her anxiety. It wasn't, training wasn't fun. And for her training, is about pushing the limits. It's about seeing what she can do. It's also about having fun. And she was really wanting to feel supported again. So when she and I talked, she was very, very upfront. Like, look, here's where I've been. I've worked with two trainers before. This didn't work. What I really need is this, this, and this. And I love that because, I mean, not everybody 
granted, not everyone necessarily knows exactly what they need or may not have the, you know, the words to put it up or to put it really clearly to somebody else. And that's cool. But she knew what didn't work, which can be just as valuable as what knowing what does work. And she has gone through a, a full powerlifting meet prep. She competed just two days ago on Sunday and she went eight for nine. For those less familiar in a powerlifting meet, you have nine total attempts. So going eight for nine is fantastic. She smoked all of her lifts. She had more in the tank, which she was really excited about. And some of the coolest, or at least to me, some part of the coolest pieces of this whole experience were that through the prep and on the meet day, she felt in control. She felt confident. She had a, a moment where the anxiety kind of spiked and she was able to do a mental reset. And she felt like she was supported enough up to that moment and had the tools to be able to make good decisions for herself and looked around and saw other lifters who didn't have that same support and just weren't having the same sort of fun, the same sort of outcomes. So she finished the meet and she's kind of on cloud nine. And I had a point. My point was, oh, positive, negative reinforcement. Um, you know, we throughout the process were able to say, cool. Yeah, this didn't go the way we hoped. Here's the thing that we can work on next. It's always framed from the perspective of how do we keep moving forward? Cause it really doesn't serve us to just kind of be mired in the past. Cause to quote the great philosopher Rafiki from the Lion King, it's in the past. Exactly. I love that. I love that story. And I love that she found somebody like you and was able to absolutely crush it at this meet. And she was confident and had fun doing it. Because isn't like the whole thing uh, to have fun, like in lifting and physical activity and in anything else, like we should have some joy in it. And I think that's important that you're ensuring that that happens. I love that story. Um, do you have any other favorite client wins that you want to share too? I wanted to uh, highlight some more of those if we could. I absolutely do. It kind of felt like I was choosing favorite children and as someone who has three of them, I love my children equally, even though they're different. Um, and that kind of feels appropriate here. So we talked about the lifter just now in Spain. There's another lifter who, um, she's here in Canada. When she and I started working together in 2020, it was, um, she was coming back off of a hip surgery and her main goal, like the thing that she was shooting for the unicorn, if you will, was competing at Canadian nationals in 2022. So, um, to say that the road from 2020 to 2022, probably for everybody, but especially for this lifter was, it wasn't just Rocky. It felt like a roller coaster that could be the next addition to Canada's wonderland or like six flags. It was kind of wild, tons of ups and downs, lots of issues around like injury and trying to figure out what she could handle, what she couldn't handle. Talk about the mental aspect, lots of things influencing that too. And, um, she did it, you know, in May of this year, she was able to compete at Canadian nationals. She flew out to St. John's, Newfoundland, and I flew out with her to help coach her on game day. And I'll, I'll never forget, I mean, there, there's video of it too, but I'll never forget the smiles that, that she had, like once she was done, or even as the meet progressed and she 
realize like, oh crap, I'm doing this, you know, and it uh, just put framed against the backdrop of the whole journey to get there. Just incredible. Uh, hard to compare to that. And then one other one um, was a gentleman who was not competitive when it came to powerlifting, but he had a history of a couple of shoulder dislocations and some pretty nasty back pain. So in the gym, he was, he was afraid of understandably afraid of hurting the shoulder and the back and squats and deadlifts were things that he enjoyed, but didn't sit very well with his shoulder, with his back. So his big thing was being able to get back to training in a way that he enjoyed and then have the, have the enjoyment be there and then also translate to the things outside of the gym because he loved to, excuse me, love to rock climb, do obstacle races and stuff like that. So once we picked up within, it was within like four to six weeks, he was squatting and deadlifting, maybe not through full range of motion, but like significant range and moving some pretty, some weight that made him impressed with himself, which was pretty awesome. And then also benching and feeling confident, like he was in control. And that continued to the point where he was, I'd have to go back and check, but he, if he didn't break his old PRs, he was definitely within, within the realm of breaking them. Uh, but most importantly for him, he was having fun with it again, which to your point, I would also consider myself a fairly competitive person. I like to push myself. I like to see what I can do. Um, I am again, the meathead who will blast some metal music and like, just like try to move some big weight. Cause I do find that fun. This comes back to, again, that central theme. Um, Cause if you're not having fun or you don't really enjoy the process, even though there might be hard days or like that theme of uh, the theme of stepping up to challenges, if that's not fun or not fulfilling, something's missing and it probably won't be sustainable. And I, I, sustainability is another big thing. Cause with what lifting's done for me, I really want people to feel like they have the ability to sustain that if they so choose and not feel like it's someone that's going to beat them up or that they just can't do it. So they're some of my favorites. Oh, I loved those. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that made me think about, um, you mentioned PRs and hitting your old PRs. Like how much of that is mental? I'm going to say, I'm going to guess a good amount. Um, but yeah, what is that like? trying to maybe talk yourself through reaching your PRs. I know that probably like being okay with starting as a beginner in like every different way along um, probably has something to do with it, but I'll let you handle that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's certainly a part of it, you know, and what, it, what's one of the old kind of tired sayings. It's like, uh, what is it? 10% perspirate. No, I I'm going to butcher it. I'm not even going to try to finish that one, but, um, the mental part of it is, is definitely there. And when it comes to PRs, you know, for anybody less familiar, we're talking about personal records and, you know, it's not just limited to lifting weights that could be related to anything. And when it comes to setting new records for yourself or reaching a new height or a new achievement by definition, there's some uncertainty. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some fear attached to it. Cause like you haven't done it before. Um, and there, there, 
to even step up to the bar or to go for that run and try to shoot for a new PR, whatever it is, to even start to do that, there needs to be a base belief of, I have a shot at this. Like I can probably do this. You know, I'm strong enough to do it or I, you know, I, I put in the work and like, let's see what I can do. So that's kind of a prerequisite to take a shot at it. And that's really where I think some of the magic starts to happen. Going back to those ripple effects that I've experienced, I still, I still experience and that the people that I work with, even those I don't start to notice because by cultivating the discipline, you know, to step up to things that are challenging, that aren't easy and that require some effort. And then, um, you know, taking it a step further and trying to see what you can actually do. Uh, it almost, it almost doesn't matter whether you you're successful or not. Obviously you're pretty jazzed. If you are, you set a new PR, like, holy crap, I did it like on top of the world. And that's an incredible feeling. Talk about positive reinforcement. Like it's hard to kind of beat that. But even if you don't, if you don't succeed in that attempt, it, it really cultivates some grit and resilience to be able to say, you know what? I gave him my all today. I'll be back for this one. You know, it's again, that self-belief of this is cool. You know, I gave it what I had and I believe I can still, you know, come back and reach a new height and tying it back to the process, you know, that process, seeing what you're capable of being able to handle, you know, misses, failures, uh, dropped balls, so to speak. That's where I think it translates outside of the gym too, because then when there are challenges at work, maybe you've got a project that's kind of daunting that maybe you haven't done before, but you believe that you can probably get it or figure it out. Um, or, you know, there's, uh, something that's really hard, like a conversation you have to have with, a with a loved one that you're not especially excited to have, but probably needs to happen anyway. Um, it's the, maybe the discipline or the grit or the resilience that you have started to discover that you actually have in the gym that gives you the courage to step up and, you know, do your best. And then almost regardless of the outcome, you either learn that you were in fact able to do it and maybe what, figure out what the next, the next thing is you can take a shot at, or maybe you weren't as successful as you thought. Okay. There's probably a learning opportunity. And then how do we come back and, and become even stronger from that? So hopefully that made sense and wasn't just caffeinated uh, mumblings. No, it, it totally made sense. I, and I completely agree. And can I just, as an aside, I love that personal records is like a main method of like measuring your success, that it's like, I'm competing against who I was yesterday and nobody else doesn't necessarily matter what someone else is doing. If they can lift more than me or in any area of life, it's, it's about your personal record, your personal goal and beating yourself. I think that's so cool. I do too. Just to jump in on that. Yeah. Um, so growing up playing football in high school, I really love the team sport experience. It, uh, it was very formative for me. <clears throat> and then part of what I really enjoyed about getting further into the gym, um, first just training to be a little stronger, look a little better. And then again, kind of 
more down the bodybuilding route and then powerlifting for me, um, the fact that it was, you know, even though it can sound kind of cliche sometimes, it really was me versus me. It was helpful, especially for where I was, um, particularly through PT school, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, uh, struggles actually with the relationship with food. Um, and one of the reasons that I didn't pursue bodybuilding anymore is because for those competitions, you get up on stage and you're judged on your physique compared to the other people on stage. And, you know, for anybody who's into physique sports, I have incredible respect because it's hard and it can be really cool to see what, what you're capable of. It's a different way of pushing yourself and your body and your mind. It was not a good match for me at all in terms of that comparison, especially coupled with the anxiety and the other things going on. So being able to step away from that and just be able to focus on something that felt more objective, um, which is like, did you lift the weight? Yes or no, you know, but even beyond that, did you lift it? And was it easier than last time? Did you have more fun? Was your technique better? Like, did you try a new variation that you didn't, you know, know existed before? And like, was that kind of cool? Those were all ways that felt more appealing to me and, and really felt more nourishing is really the best word I can come up with mentally and physically. So, yeah, I think that in general, uh, we could probably use, use things that have less comparison to other people. I mean, competition, whatever the competition is by definition is competing against like other people, other things, other standards. And that's cool. There's a time and a place for it. Um, but it's also really cool to just frame it as, am I making progress in the ways that I care about? And, you know, if yes, you're probably in a pretty good spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. That leads me to my next question, which is what is your journey like to not caring what other people think? Ooh, um, that's a really good question and an ongoing one. So things that stand out to me on that one are, well, there are a couple of like, I guess, key milestones. I've had some, some really important mentors in my life along the way, uh, at different time points. And they were important for different reasons. One of the common threads though, was that they were able to, again, meet me where I was. So if I was just riddled with anxiety and I was stressed out and I was worried about X, Y, Z, they didn't dismiss it as like unimportant, uh, but they wanted to understand. So they asked good questions to figure out where, where I was, what I was thinking, how I was feeling and why those were important. And then through that, it again, cultivated that base level of trust where I believed that they cared about me enough to take that time and put that effort in. And then because of that, I was open to their additional questions that maybe challenged my perception of certain things like, okay, this is important to you. Why is that? You know, and once we kind of, as one example, and as we dug through that, they were able to help me, help me distill down some values. Maybe it was feeling welcomed and accepted by people. Maybe it was feeling like I was making progress in something that I cared about. And once we knew what those were, we were able to see the 
old ways that I was trying to pursue them, then we were able to explore new ways that I could still scratch that itch, meet those needs, which were legitimate, but in a way that was more, more nourishing, more holistic. Um, another key thing for me that's been a new development as of this year is working with a mental health professional. And that's been something that's been really game changing for me. And, uh, for a long time, I've been a proponent of destigmatizing seeking out mental health um, or help with mental health, however, whatever form that takes. Um, and this just kind of serves to really bolster that for me. Um, yeah, and I think just finding the things that help give me meaning. So my family being one of them, uh, the people that I'm able to serve through my business being another, um, being able to focus on those doesn't completely take away the, uh, the worry of what other people think, uh, wish it did, but it, it helps. It gives me anchors to kind of ground me and come back to center and figure out what, what actually matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm on a very similar journey. And I think that's when we first started kind of talking about, um, doing this podcast together. Um, it's like, how does one do that? And that's probably not a one-time thing. It's like a journey for a long time that you're like cultivating your your own stuff and and realizing that, you know, a random person that might, you know, think that you're, I don't know, like a nerd or whatever, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's like a long process, but I appreciate you sharing that. I've been the same as well in like, always talking about it is so it's so valid to get help for your mental health wherever stage of life you're in i went to school my undergrad was in psych always been like very much like cheerleader for that and it's only this year that i've also um started working with the mental health uh professional and i'm like oh yeah i've been preaching this for a while and like (laughs) i need to actually do this and it's it's incredible to just not only have somebody to speak to that's impartial and it's their job. So like they know what they're talking about, but um, having that sort of a, a soundboard for your growth is, is really incredible. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask a couple questions there? Yeah. Was it, was it hard or scary to decide like, okay, I guess I'm actually going to go talk to somebody or get some help for my mental health. Oh yeah. Big time. And that's as somebody who was like very open to it and didn't judge others if they did it. So I can only imagine how difficult it would be for anyone or somebody who isn't, wasn't in that position. It was like, it was almost as if the like biases of the world, when I was like going to make this appointment came into my head, like, Oh, so you're crazy. Right. Everyone's going to know you're crazy now (laughs) that you have somebody who is a therapist. And even though that's not true, those those thoughts come in. So I I, I'm wondering if that's the same for you. hundred percent. The the inner critic is really loud. (laughs) And there's a book that I love called The War of Art. Have you ever heard of it or read it? I it sounds really familiar, but I have not read it. Uh, it's by Stephen Pressfield. It's a pretty short read, but it's really, really wonderful. Um, so he talks about resistance and with a capital R, he kind of paints it into as paints it into the, the main opponent that we're up against when it comes to meaningful 
meaningful work or the things that we really feel we need to do. So mental health and like taking care of that being one of them for sure. And he talks about resistance being really potent just before we take a leap or before, as we realize this is a thing I need to do. And then resistance is like, hello, I'm going to introduce myself. And the point I want to make is that it takes courage to take that step, that leap of faith, which it really feels like most of the time. And this is again, for me and through my experience and through the people that I work with, not that it's the only way here, but with the exposure to those kind of scary feeling things, those hard things that we then realize, yeah, that was hard, but I did it or I can do it uh, through the gym or through training or cultivating that in other areas. It does make it a little less scary, or at least helps us feel like we have that courage to take that leap of faith when we're up against that next scary thing. Um, but to your question, yes, absolutely was really scary. And I had to tell my wife, like, I'm going to send the email to get connected to the mental health professional today, because if I didn't have that accountability, there's a really good chance I wouldn't do it because I didn't want to. I did, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely feel that. I've, I opened the like page to send an email like a hundred times on a hundred different days and then finally took the leap. Um, it made me think of that quote that is a cliche, but it's, it's really good is life happens outside of your comfort zone. And that's, that's how you keep pushing forward. So good job for sending the email and for giving your wife that accountability to, to um, probably follow up with you on that. And uh, that's a big help too. It is. And thank you. Thank you very much. And likewise, like kudos to you for doing it. Cause again, that's, that's a big win in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. So this is, this is the beginning of a journey to not care what people think. And uh, (laughs) it's, it continues (laughs) and that's that's okay. Like for people, like, that's okay. That's the point is to just like continue to learn and you'll probably peel back different layers of, you know, why, why we care about what people think in the first place. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. A mentor of mine, just on that talks yeah. about, uh, peeling back the layers of the mask and you have, <clears throat> excuse me, probably more layers than you figure on. <clears throat> and it's not exactly <laughs> an easy process. Thanks mm-hmm. captain obvious. Um, but it's a, it's a meaningful thing. And it's also very okay to not have all the answers here and now. And that's coming from somebody who is very much recovering, like textbook type A recovering control freak who wants the answers yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not have them now. Yeah. That's a great point to add too. I feel that one. <laughs> um, back to um, the awesomeness of what your business is. Um, can you elaborate on your belief that everyone deserves to feel strong? Absolutely. I mean, coming back to kind of the opposite to start, uh, life, (laughs) life can be a son of a gun sometimes and everybody's path ends up being a little different. The things that are challenging or that really push us kind of to our our limits are going to be different. They're going to hit us at different times, but (laughs) I don't know. I think it's a Benjamin Franklin quote. It's kind of loosely relevant, but the only things that are certain in life are death and taxes, Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can add hardship into that. I think it's part of what he was getting at. So 
that's really where for me it begins because we're all going to take our licks. We're all going to be in those, in those valleys and having to figure out how do we, what do we do? How do we move forward? Cause it, where we are right now sucks. And with, with what feeling strong has meant for me and the, the role that it's played, like in, in a very real sense, it's saved my life in a, in a few ways because another part of my story is I have uh, an eye condition that's progressive, it's genetic, and there's no cure for it yet. So and very likely at some point down the road, I'll lose my vision. So I got that news when I was 17 or it wasn't the full diagnosis, but it was a, the news that something was wrong. And then you probably remember this was around the time when people were getting their learner's permit or they were being able to upgrade their driver's license. Some lucky few were able to get cars for used cars for like a graduation gift or things like that. And so it came at that time for me and it was really hard. So, you know, as things progressed over time and we found out what was going on, uh, it put me into a really dark place and among other things, strength training and feeling like I had that outlet really felt like an anchor. It felt like a little tiny oasis where I could play that music really loud and kind of get lost in what I was doing and just forget about all the other stuff for at least a little while. And, you know, it played a role along with some key people in my life to be able to take that next step forward. It wasn't figuring everything out right away but it was just staying with it, take that next step and kind of do that over and over again. And that's really a, at the core of why my mission now with Unbreakable is to bring that to as many people as possible and have that be, have them experience, let them experience that transformative power of feeling strong, of feeling confident, like they can do this, even if they don't have all the answers but also to help them do that on their terms in the ways that they care about. Cause it's not like everybody needs to go through the same journey that I went through or needs to fill the same role that it filled for me. But in terms of the outcome and what it's allowed me to continue to face, I really find that valuable. And I just think we need more of that in the world. And I, I really love when people discover their, their strength for themselves. Cause that's really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I shouldn't say anything after that because that was just like incredible. And thank you for sharing it. Um, like what a what a testament is to you is what you learned from that hardship of yourself is you took that and chose to be kind and help other people through their stuff. I think that it's easy to, um, you know, when something really horrible happens to become negative or say like, well, screw it. Like whatever, I'll just be mean to people. You took the opposite route of like, I found joy and haven in this thing. And I found my strength. I'm going, I really want to share this with other people and help them find their strength in whatever way that that means. So like kudos to you. And thank you for sharing that here. Incredible. Thank you. I also want to say I did have those moments of like, screw it and like angry, all that stuff. But I do, 
for sure. <laughs> um, but those, I really do appreciate those words. That's, it means a lot. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I'm really grateful to be able to have the, the chance to try to, you know, pay it forward, uh, whatever way I can now. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. I think that, um, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? Like, do you ever think about this? Like, wouldn't it be nice if I had someone like exactly like who I am today to help me when mm. I was in those moments? Like you get to be that for somebody, for a lot of people, actually. I do. Yeah. And um, this is, again, where my gratitude comes uh, or where I've got the gratitude for some of those key people, some mm. some high school teachers that we probably both shared um, and then other people along the way. Uh, who were, they were who I needed them to be, which they were themselves, but they were again, able to meet me where I needed them at the time. And, and yeah, because of that impact, I'm excited. It, it really is one of those things that gets me up and out of bed uh, each day to be able to try to do that for other people and pay it forward. Wow. I love that. After this, we need to talk about um, all the Good Carmel teachers. Yes. <laughs> oh, we'll, <laughs> yes, we'll do that for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to know who that was, but um, yeah, I, I want to ask you next. So say that you're somebody listening, you want to start a journey to being like physically strong and maybe you want a trainer, but you're scared and you have no idea where to start. What is a good small first step for somebody to, to start with? That's a really great question. <clears throat> and I also want, I want to start my answer by saying, I understand what that feels like because I was there. I was there for a while. I think a couple of things come to mind and I want to emphasize that there's not, there's probably not going to be a wrong answer here, particularly if you um, take your time to find a route and or a person who feels like they're going to take the time to get to know you first before they take your money or have you do anything that feels like, you know, a big next step. Cause again, that foundation of trust matters. So if you have anybody that you trust or that, you know, maybe friends, family members, um, you know, classmates who, who might have some ideas for people or resources that you can check out, I would probably ask, ask those people or ask about those. Um, the other thing, you know, kind of a double-edged sword is that there are a lot of really great folks online through social media, different platforms who are putting up good information. The double-edged sword is that there's a lot of, there can be a lot of noise and that can probably lead to some of the overwhelm where you might be in a place where you're just trying to start making that next step that feels healthy, feels productive for you. And you get a gajillion people telling you, you need to do this and you shouldn't actually do that. And what do we do? So that's why my preference is if you have anybody that you already trust who might have some things to point you towards, maybe begin there. Um, and I know I'm talking very broadly and vaguely, and that's on purpose because people start in different places and their goals might be a little different. Um, another key thing that I think goes with that though is start small as <laughs> I laugh just again as somebody who, uh, if left to my own devices, that's not how I go. Uh, I'm a recovering all or nothing kind of person. But uh, there's a trick that I stole from uh, someone named John Berardi, 
who's fairly well known in the nutrition, like sports science world. And he, he writes about it in his book called Changemaker. It's confidence testing. Whatever, whatever the, the action is that we're trying to, to go for, if we're trying to start an exercise routine or we're trying to eat a little bit more healthfully or yeah, adopt a practice that's going to serve us, on a zero to 10 scale, where 10 out of 10 is like, I'm 100% confident I'm going to smoke this. There's no way that I'm not going to be able to follow through. And zero out of 10 is there's not a snowball's chance in hell of me doing this. We're looking for something that gives us a nine or 10 out of 10 confidence rating. And if it's eight or less, you might argue, well, that's kind of arbitrary. Correct. Hypothetical person. But if it's eight or less, there's a chance that it might be a little bit too big and we'd have better success following through if it were a little smaller because that headspace that we get into when we can check the box on, I'm going to go for a 10 minute walk twice a week might seem like not much, but when you check those boxes, it feels like you have that momentum to work with. So that's a much different and a better place usually than, uh, thinking I'm going to go for a 30 minute walk seven days a week. And then you miss the third day and you're thinking, oh, I can't believe I, I messed up. It's that inner dialogue again. So that's where I'd start. And uh, yeah, I hope, hope that can serve people, but I'd be curious to toss it back to you. What, what do you, what would you say to this person or these people who might be in that spot? Oh yeah. Well, great answer first. And I love the idea of starting small because I am also somebody who can't like, can't do that. And I have been working on it. I'm like, Oh, I want to try a new thing. I'm going to like make it my whole personality. I'm going to do it constantly. And then I end up hating it and never doing it again. Um, so, or I overdo it and it's overwhelming. Um, so I feel that, um, what I'm doing now is like what is the smallest way that I can like build that trust in myself? Like uh, keeping a promise to myself, even like I will go on a walk today for five minutes, like you said. Um, and then when I do that, I like not only feel more confident, but I like trust myself a bit more to like follow through. And I think that's, that's a big thing as well. So whether it's like, I'm going to like <laughs> look on Jared's, um, Instagram page and like look at these cool people and see what powerlifting is all about or whatever it is. Um, it can be so tiny and that literally counts. It doesn't, it can't be too small. Love that. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. Start small. Can't, mm -hmm. can't really hear it or say it too much. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially as like a lot of people hear that and go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm going to like, <laughs> go to the gym and try to lift, I don't know, an insane amount of weight. And then when I can't do it, I'll be pissed or injured. And that doesn't get us any closer. <laughs> mm -mm, not super fun. <laughs> Having been both of those things more times than I'd care to admit, would not yeah. recommend. Fair. <laughs> um, okay. I'm at my last question and it is the question that I ask every guest that comes on. Um, what does living intentionally mean to you? I really love that question and I knew it was coming, not just because you might've let me know about it, but because I listened to some previous episodes and I gave it some thought and what, it, what really resonates for me the most right now is I think having purpose behind, well, I'll phrase it differently. You know, there are, there are obviously things that we can control and things we can't control in our lives and 
purposefully trying to examine it on a regular basis, you know, what falls into which category. And for whatever reason, I think of kind of being in the ocean. So you're at the ocean side, you're in the water and there are some pretty big waves. Um, Intentionality for me is recognizing that there are going to be some waves that maybe you don't see coming and maybe they kind of bob you under the water or push you around a little bit. And that's part of it. But you can also, you know, maybe make some efforts to try to catch a wave and, and ride it a little bit. Maybe kind of harness the, the energy that's coming anyway and make it work for you, hopefully. Whether that's, you know, growing, learning, moving towards something that's meaningful, whatever that is, or some things that are meaningful. Um, yeah, trying to catch the waves you can while also knowing that you can't catch all of them and that's also okay. Oof, I love that. Good answer. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay, I'm going to close it off. I want to ask how the listeners can connect with you and work with you, uh, because I know right after this is done, they're going to want to find you. So please share. Yeah, uh, I would love it. If anybody wanted to reach out and connect, I'm I'm an open book. So Instagram is where I'm most active. That's jared.unbreakablestrength. You can come check that out. You can watch me laugh at myself with reels and also put out some hopefully helpful and educational content. Um, one thing I do have in my bio on Instagram is a, a free guide for squat tips, maybe for those who are already in the gym and are looking to try to add some more weight to their squat. If it would help, we'd be happy to send that over and you can just put that in the show notes for anybody who's interested too. And then I'm also on Facebook. So Jared Maynard is who you'd be looking for. And also on TikTok, newly. So that's just unbreakable underscore strength. But again, Instagram is going to be the best place. And if you have questions or if you're looking for some support that maybe feels a little more holistic and if what Elizabeth and I have been talking about has resonated with you, would really love to connect with you and just hear your story. And if I can help, would love to do that too. So please don't be shy. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll put all of that in the show notes as well. But Thank you so much for this great conversation. This 55 minutes flew by, truly. Um, so thank you for all of the, the great information that you shared. It was, it was so great. Well, thank you very much, both for the, the opportunity and for making it so fun, because absolutely it flew by. Um, yeah, this was awesome. And out of the podcast that I've been on, and I'm not just saying this to be nice, this is like easily top of the list, like top, top three fun, most comfortable experiences. Oh, good. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Cause you've been on a few. So that also for listeners, listen to the other episodes that you've been on. I know you get on into like a lot more, um, detail on like weightlifting and, and all of the details that I don't know anything about. Um, so if you're interested in that, check those out too, but thank you. That's really nice. Very welcome. Awesome. I will end it here and uh, stay tuned for the next episode.